Welcome to It Is What It Is, or Is It? I'm your host, Kay Francis, a licensed marriage and family therapist from Knoxville. I'm the author and creator of The It's It's, a children's book series, and my podcast topics will draw from my 40 years of experience in the fields of psychology and business. That includes executive coaching, training, and online program development. Well, surprise, surprise, I've done it again. I decided to change it up a little today. While sitting on my deck going over my podcast schedule, I realized I wanted to do something a little different. The very first thing that came to my mind was wanting to just talk to all of you. No special topic, just some conversation. A chance to practice what I preach by being more intimate with you and letting you into my world so you can know me a little better. After all, I would never ask anyone to do anything that I wasn't willing to do. Goodness knows I've been discussing the value of overcoming the fear of being vulnerable, thus enabling you to be more authentic and communicate on a more intimate level. So I said to myself, self, this week is the week. If my kids or close friends are listening, they just said, oh God, she's going to talk off the cuff. This can't be good. You can decide what they mean by that because I probably don't want to know. I'm continually asked how and why I decided to become a therapist. Believe me, that was never a dream for me. My life consisted of caring for my two-and-a-half-year-old son and my five-month-old daughter, basically as a stay-at-home mom, and happy with it. So it never entered my mind other than to hear one of my girlfriends talk about her therapy and how much she was learning about herself. So, I guess maybe there was a seed planted. One day while feeding my daughter, I thought, maybe I need to confront some of my issues. We only had one psychiatric office in our town, so when I decided to make an appointment, it was that office where I saw their clinical social worker. It would be many, many years later, following a divorce, that the social worker called and told me their office was looking for someone to handle collections. I was looking for a job and jumped at the chance, and that's where it all began. I found I liked collections. I started building relationships with these folks and setting up payment plans, something they had never been offered. Many told me that the bills stopped coming, and like many people, out of sight, out of mind, and let's get real here. How many folks do you know that would rush to pay a bill if no one's asking for the money? The attorneys with long overdue bills generated by their clients told me either the bill fell between the cracks in their office or they never received a bill. Well, I was getting to hear a lot about never receiving bills, so I gave them the benefit of the doubt. Let's face it, collections were a mess. And the doctors hadn't been checking until the debt was so high it could no longer be ignored. I was comfortable working alone in my postage stamp office, and slowly the debt was significantly decreasing. The doctors now decided that I had some extra time on my hands and could step into the front office whenever needed. I hated leaving the comfort of my little office, where essentially I was my own boss. But my only interaction was with two plants that I couldn't seem to keep alive. Talk about feeling inadequate. I could kill a silk plant. For heaven's sakes, Kay, I have worked at trying to keep a plant alive for years. It just doesn't happen. So I welcomed the interaction with real humans. I was probably there for maybe about a year, a little over. I was covering for the receptionist one day. 
I answered the telephone to hear a desperate voice on the other end. She was the patient of the top psychiatrist and owner of the practice. I hadn't interacted much with the doctors, but I knew it was a no-no to interrupt the doctors when they were in session. Call it a gut feeling, intuition, or my inner voice, I felt compelled to interrupt the psychiatrist. And I did, and he was furious. I kept insisting that he needed to take this call. And we were kind of going back and forth with him trying to get me off the phone. And I just hung in there and kept insisting. And finally, he just took the call. Later, he called me into his office, and I knew I was headed for the front door. Instead, he sat me down and started questioning me why I insisted that he take that particular call. I apologized and told him I didn't know other than I couldn't help myself. He simply said, you made the right call. From that point on, whenever the doctors were running over, which was often, they would ask me to take their next patient to the conference room and talk to them until they were ready for the next patient. On occasion, they would ask me my impression of the client. That boggled my mind. I'm thinking silently to myself, you're the doctor. Well, little did I know that they had something in mind for me. After a few months, they approached me and told me about a new program the college was offering. It was not a degree, but a certification in mental health, and if you qualified, completed the course with no less than a B average, you could begin counseling under supervision. Well, I hadn't gone to college, which meant I would have to get my associate's degree while simultaneously taking mental health courses. I never thought I was college material, so I said thank you, but no. Whatever gave them the idea that I even wanted to be a therapist. So they kept pursuing the conversation. They offered to flex my hours to accommodate my school schedule, only asking that I put in my normal work hours and telling me to make your own schedule just so you get the hours in. I thought, and then they told me that if I completed the degree and certification, they would make a place for me to begin counseling under their supervision. Well, that was a great offer. But you have to realize, back then, there was no licensure or regulation for the profession of mental health. The psychologist had some regulation, but the other mental health, like mental health counselors, clinical social workers, marriage and family therapists, there was none. Anyone could hang a shingle. Well, you don't know me well enough to know this, but ethically, I could have never done that, no matter what they were offering, because I knew in my heart this wasn't right. So under their supervision, I had to know that this was a great offer. But my fear of failing was greater than the offer. I never thought I was smart enough for college. When they laid out what my potential earnings would be, this gave me pause. If anything, I am a realist and a practical thinker. My bosses were giving me a chance to better myself, which also would benefit my children. I knew I needed to at least try. And if I didn't like mental health, I would still have an associate degree. My first day driving up to the college, and I kid you not, I had such butterflies that I thought I was going to throw up. I went in and out of my car four times, each time reminding myself, you're not smart enough to be here to do this. On the fifth try, I just kept walking and going. Much to my surprise, I loved school, and I loved the mental health courses even more. Studying was a whole different matter. It was challenging, 
and I even had to hire a tutor to get me through math. I had no idea, none whatsoever, until graduation day when I went to the table to get my tassel and my name wasn't there, that I was at the wrong table. I had graduated with honors. Talk about a confidence builder. When they handed me my diploma, I knew in that moment that I was going to continue my education. I went on to my bachelor's degree in social work and my master's degree in counseling and guidance with an emphasis on marriage and family. So there you have it. I have never stopped loving what I do and plan to do it until I can't remember the names of my patients or my name. The moral of this story is that with a little faith, miracles can happen and do. Doors open when and where you least expect them. Your only job is to be open and trusting to recognize the opportunities when they present themselves. Not having in your life what you are capable of having only happens when you let negative preconceived thoughts about yourself and others keep you stuck and back from the good that can be yours. I almost did that, and how unfortunate that would have been. Now that you know a little more about me, and maybe more than you wanted to know, I suggest you try to let others know more about you. (laughs) What's the worst that can happen? You feel a little rejection? Maybe you get upset and defensive? Whatever, you can handle it. Okay, guys, the holidays are almost here. Christmas is right on top of us. Where did this day go? Is it just me? Or did the months seem to fly by? I get up on Monday, and it feels like I'm already waking up to the next Monday. This kind of reminds me of the movie Groundhog Day. So I don't know your plans, but I'm going to take some time off for the holidays, beginning Christmas week. My podcast will resume on Wednesday, January 4th, 2023. And that's when you will listen to the podcast you were supposed to hear today, Sorry, Blended Families. To all of my listeners, thank you for joining me each week and passing on my podcast information to your families and friends. It's your word of mouth that has led It Is What It Is or Is It to grow as fast as it has, and I appreciate you. I wish you a very Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. May 2023 bless you abundantly. Be safe out there. If you would like to submit a question or suggestion of a topic, you can email me at capital K, capital F, R is in red, A is in apple, and N is in Nancy, M is in Mary, A is in apple, the number one at gmail.com. And I'll do my best to answer as many questions as possible. And I'll also try to consider your topic. Have a safe and blessed week. And remember to be proud of who you are.